Luke chapter 16, if you'll stand with us, if you're able this morning, verse number 19, Luke chapter 16 and verse number 19. The Bible said there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. It came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Besides all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow in your presence this morning, God, we need you this morning. Lord, we can't do anything, but you can do everything. We can't save a soul. We can't uh, warm the heart of a backslider this morning. We can't change the attitude of some uh, saint this morning that may have drifted away. But, oh God, I pray the Holy Ghost would take the word of God. Lord, that you would fill our mouth with your words this morning. God, that you would give us that touch that we so desperately need. And I pray that you'd speak to every soul this morning. We need to leave different than we came to church today. God, if saved or lost, I pray the lost would be saved. But I pray that we that are saved this morning would leave with a burden for people that need Jesus. God, help us in these last days to... Not be so busy, not be so caught up that we miss the real purpose of being here. That's to point people to the cross. Have your way now. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want you to notice with me in verse number 27 where this rich man that dies and he goes to hell. This is an account that is given here concerning this man in eternity lost without God. It's proof. It's Bible proof that hell is a real place. Hell is not a figma of our imagination. Hell is not some story hatched out of Hollywood. In hell, there are demons. There are torments. There is fire in hell. Jesus said in Mark chapter 9 and verse number 43, he said, if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It's better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell fire where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Hell is a real place, amen? There's fire in hell. There's worms in hell. Hell's a place of outer darkness. The Bible said that there's weeping and wailing and there's gnashing of teeth. Uh, gives clear description of what is taking place below our feet at this very moment while we sit in the house of God, while you're sitting there on a padded pew in an air-conditioned or a climate-controlled, heat-controlled building this morning. I want you to understand that there's untold millions and billions of souls that have went out into eternity without God and just below our feet in the heart of the earth. The Bible teaches us that hell from beneath, Isaiah said, 
is moved to meet thee at thy coming. Heaven is above and hell is below. And there are souls in hell right now. They're crying out to the top of their lungs. Uh, uh, they're crying out just as this man did uh, for some kind of relief. But you know what hell is this morning? Hell is what every sinner without God wants. Uh, it's a Christless eternity. You see, the Bible said they, not, they don't want to retain God in their knowledge. And there's a lot of people that are lost. Uh, they don't want to be, be reminded of God. They don't want to go to church. They don't want to be around the things of God. They want to live their life and do their own thing. They don't want to be around a, a track. They don't want to hear a sermon. They don't want anybody telling them they need to be saved. They want to live in a world where there is no God. Well, I don't tell you that's what hell is. It is a place where there is no God. There's no invitations in hell. There's no preaching in hell. There's no tracks in hell. There's no church steeples in hell. Nobody's trying to get you saved in hell. If you go to hell, there's no God. There's no Holy Spirit. There's no cross. There's no Calvary. There's no one loving you. There's nobody wanting you to get saved. Hell is a place where the sun, listen, the birds never sing and the grass never grows and the sun never shines. Hell is a place, my friend, where you can't even see your hand in front of your face. It's as black as a thousand midnights and if you die without God, you'll burn and you'll suffer in a Christless eternity called hell. Amen. What I notice in verse number 28 or verse number 27, this man dies without God and he goes to hell and he says, I pray thee therefore, Father. It's interesting that in this place in verse number 27, of all the terminology that this man could use, he uses the word pray. As I said, hell's a place where there is no God. But the greatest prayer meeting going on right now is not going on in our churches. It's going on in the charred walls of the damned. People that are lost for all eternity are praying. People that never had time to pray here in this world are forever praying in that world. People, my friend, that had no time for God, no time for church, no time for religion. I want to tell you, in that world, they've got all of eternity to think about their soul, to think about death, to think about dying, to think about judgment, to think about pain, to think about agony. You say, why would a loving God put anybody in hell? A loving God would never put anybody in hell. A loving God gave the only son that he had so that you wouldn't have to go to hell. He didn't create hell for you uh, or me. He created hell for the devil and for his demons. Uh, but the devil slipped up in the Garden of Eden and he got man to sin in the garden and he plunged all of humanity into sin. Sin is in our very bloodstream. It's in our very veins. Uh, David said in the book of Psalms in sin, did my mother conceive me? I want to tell you nobody goes to hell because of what they do, but they go to hell because of what they are. And what you are is a sinner and I'm a sinner and sinners have got to be saved and the only one that could do the saving was God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit and God the Father loved sinful man enough that he gave the only begotten Son that he had that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see if you go to hell it's your own fault this morning because God loves you and Jesus died for you and he wants to save you and the Holy Spirit will stop by your heart's door even right now. He'll knock on the, the heart of your door, the door of your heart. And my friend, he'll woo you and he'll invite you to come and to be saved this morning.
This man had a witness. In verse number 19, the Bible said there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and he fared sumptuously every day. He had the riches of this world. And verse 20 said there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. Now Lazarus was a beggar. And to this man, he was a bother, but he was also a believer. You say, how do you know that? Because verse 21 said, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. This man dies, but he doesn't die alone, amen? I'm gonna tell you, no child of God dies by himself, amen? The Bible said the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. In this walk of life, he gives grace. In the ages to come, he's gonna show us the exceeding riches of his grace. But I'll tell you, when it comes time to die, the grace of God will be real and the glory of God will be present, amen? And this beggar dies. And the Bible said the angels carried him over to Abraham's bosom, carried him to paradise. Uh, the word of God said in the next phrase there, the rich man also died and was buried. Notice verse 23 as it says in hell, he lift up his eyes. It does not say that he lifted up his eyes uh, for that would be in the past tense. But it says he lift up his eyes. Uh, that rich man is still in hell right now while I'm preaching this morning. That rich man is still lifting up his eyes. Uh, oh, the psalmist said, I'll lift mine eyes into the hills uh, from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. I'll tell you, sinner, if you'll lift your eyes to Calvary, if you'll lift your eyes to the hill of God, uh, you can find help this morning, amen? Uh, but if you reject the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and you die without God, uh, you'll lift your eyes in a Christless eternity in the flames of hell as they engulf your soul, uh, never to see the light of day again, uh, never to have another opportunity, never to give another invitation. You'll never have a chance to be saved. Uh, I'm telling you, it's now or never. It's turn or burn. Uh, it's hell or it's hell. I'm telling you, there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shine. And if you're gonna get in, friend, you must come now. For now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. If you don't get saved today, you're never gonna get saved. You say, preacher, you don't know that. You got a better chance of going to hell if you don't get saved today than you do going to heaven. You're only promised the heartbeat that you have right now. The breath that you're drawing on at this moment, you're not promised another breath. You're not promised another minute. You're not promised another moment. You may be here and say, well, I'll come back next Sunday and get saved. You can't choose when you get saved. Proverbs 27 and verse one said, boast not thyself tomorrow for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Friend, you don't get saved when you choose to. You get saved when the Holy Ghost calls you. You get saved and I'm not a Calvinist. I'll tell you, it takes conviction to be saved. You gotta be under old time conviction. You got to listen. You got to realize you're a sinner. You got to realize you deserve to go to hell. You gotta realize you can't save yourself this morning. You've got to look to the cross. You've got to look to the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, popping a good, listen, a do-better pill won't save you. Taking a shot of be nice won't get you into heaven. I'm telling you, keeping the Ten Commandments won't get you there. Water baptism's not going to get you there. You can put every dime you got in the offering plate and still go to hell. You can't buy your way into the kingdom of God. I'll tell you, but what you can do is you can come and fall on your knees and you can cry out to God for mercy and you can say, dear God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and you can be saved on the terms of the gospel this morning. This man dies and he's buried and in hell he lift up his eyes, notice this, in torments. 
Four times in this text, the Bible talks about the torments of hell. This man is in torments. What is it that has caused this man to pray? Well, it's the very torments of hell has brought him into the reality that he needs God. You know, I'd rather realize in this world that I need God as to wait till that world to realize I need God. I'm preaching this morning on this subject on don't wait too late to pray because in verse 27, this man is praying. I believe this man is praying sincerely. I believe this man is praying with all all of his heart. He's praying as sincere as anybody could ever pray. But the problem in verse 27 is he waited too late to pray. He put it off. You see, the devil don't mind you praying. He just don't want you to pray in this life. He wants you to put it off. He doesn't want you to come to this altar and be saved. He wants you to put it off one more Sunday or one more service. Do you realize before Sunday evening service comes about, those of us that are saved, we could all be in glory tonight. Amen. I'm telling you the rapture could take place. Uh, Sinner, you better hear me. Uh, You need to get saved this morning because number one, hell is real. Number two, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Uh, And number three, he is coming again. Amen. I'm telling you, he may come in the moment, the twinkle of an eye. At any moment, it may happen while I'm preaching. It may happen before I could give an invitation. I'm telling you, if I was lost without God, I wouldn't wait for an invitation. I wouldn't wait for a pianist. Uh, I wouldn't wait for a song and a dance. I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd jump up out of my seat. I'd run to this altar. I'd say, God save me before I go to hell. Amen. The rapture is going to take place. Where are you going to be a hundred years from now? I'll tell you one thing. You'll be in eternity. From the youngest to the eldest this morning, we'll all be in eternity a hundred years from now. Where are you going to be one hundred years from this very moment? Are you going to be in heaven or are you going to be like this man in hell? He's tormented in hell. I want to tell you the Bible says that the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. Those that go to hell without God, uh, the Bible said uh, they never repent. Uh, They repent not. Isn't that amazing? Even this man talked about repentance. Uh, He said that if one went from the dead in verse uh, verse number 30, they will repent. I challenge you to go home and read these verses over and over again. You'll find no place in this text uh, where this man ever repented. He prayed for a drop of water. He prayed for a witness to his five brethren but you don't see no place in this text uh, where he ever repented over his sins. Uh, Now there could be two or three reasons for that. One could be the pride of of this world uh, will plunge you so deep into hell uh, that pride blinds you. Uh, It takes the Holy Ghost to pull the scales off. Uh, uh, My friend, godly sorrow leader to repentance, the Bible says. Uh, Another reason could be uh, because if this man knows that it would absolutely do him no good whatsoever. He has sealed his doom. He has signed his eternal destiny. Oh sinner, you hear me? If you get up out of that seat and you walk out that door, you're not walking away from me. You're not walking away my friend from this church, but you're walking away from the only chance and the only opportunity you may ever have to be saved. I'm telling you friend, listen, don't walk away. You may seal your doom. You say, well I'm a member of this church. I'm going to tell you something, church members need to be saved uh, uh, just like drunkards and prostitutes uh, and gamblers and everybody else. Uh, I'm telling you friend, church membership will not get you to heaven. Amen. I'm burdened for some people. I'm burdened for some people that don't never have the joy of the Lord. 
on their face. You're either really backslid or you're lost. I'm not trying to make you doubt, but I sure want you to do some inventory this morning. You need to look in the recesses of your soul and ask yourself the most serious question that you're ever going to be asked. Are you religious or are you saved? I'm going to tell you it's easy to be saved. But you've got to swallow that pride, that stubbornness. I thought about preaching on the sin of stubbornness. It's a stubborn generation, isn't it? When God spoke about stubbornness in the Bible, most of the time he was talking about God's people, the children of Israel. A stubborn, a stiff-hearted. There's some people that you can tell them, listen, you can do all this, just don't do this one thing, and it's the one thing they're going to go do because they're stubborn. And that'll send you to hell, friends, what that'll do. There's some people that, listen, they're so contrary. They've always got to be the opposite and they'll laugh about it. And they'll, make, they'll say, well, it's just in my genes. No, I'm going to tell you something. Stubbornness is a sin. It's a sin of pride. It's a satanic sin and we ought to treat it like a rattlesnake. And I'm telling you, there's people burning in hell this morning that sit on church pews and they heard sermon after sermon after sermon, but their own stubbornness held them in the pew. They wasn't going to bow their head and bend their knee and revoke their church membership for salvation. I'm telling you, friend, they had to too much pride, too much stubbornness. Uh, uh, they convince themselves uh, and deceive themselves. I'm okay, I'm okay. You say, preacher, how do you know if you're lost? Uh, I'll tell you how you'll know. A uh, uh, Holy Ghost will come right where you're at in that pew uh, and he won't play mind games with you. Uh, he won't, listen, ask you a hundred questions of what if and what about this and what about that. He's not gonna try to trip you up and say, what if you didn't get saved or what if this and that? Oh no, he don't deal with it that way. Uh, he's gonna come sit down right where you're at and in the doorway of your soul, uh, He's going to say this. That man of God's preaching to you. You're lost and you need to be saved. You need to junk your pride. You need to junk your religion. You're religious but lost. You need to come and with tears filled eyes, you need to repent and you need to ask God to save your soul. Amen. I'm going to tell you what I've seen out of people that's been in church all their life that went to hell. I've seen them come down to the altar and come so close to getting saved. But when they got down there, they would change their mind and say, well, I just, I'm okay. I'm not going to tell anybody they're lost. I'm not going to tell anybody they're saved. But I'll tell you, if you're lost this morning and you're a member of this church, I believe while I'm standing right here on this pulpit right now, on the authority of the Word of God, I believe the Holy Ghost will tell you right now, you're lost you need to be saved. I've seen people go to the bathroom when I'd give invitations. I'm not making fun of people that have to go. But I'll tell you, you say, how do you know that preacher? I'll tell you how the Holy Ghost told me that. Uh, preaching on hell, preaching, you start to give the invitation, they make a beeline for that bathroom. I know what's going on. I know what's happening. The Lord's rung their bells, what it is. They're trying to get away from that invitation. That, I'm going to tell you, it's the worst thing you can do. Don't run to that restroom. Run down here. Now, if somebody has to go to the bathroom, I'm not, I'm not going to judge you this morning. I'm just making an illustration. Hadn't you seen that? I've seen them do everything in the world to try to shake that conviction. How about it this morning? You know, one day we're going to stand before God, all of us. The Bible said in Hebrews 9 and verse 27, it's appointed man wants to die, and after this, the judgment. For the saved, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that which you have done, whether it be good or bad. That's for the saved. 
But for the lost this morning, Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11. John said, And I saw a great white throne, and he that sat upon it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. No place to hide on judgment day. He said, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the things written in the books according to their works. Uh, they're already in hell. Death and hell's delivered them up. But now they're going to be judged according to their works. Oh, you hear me, sinner? Hell is just a jail. It's just a holding cell until the great white throne judgment. You say, preacher, what would happen to me if I died this morning without God? I'll tell you what would happen immediately the very second the breath leaves your body, your soul, your soul will leave your body. Your body will be left in this world to be put in the ground. But I want to tell you, your soul will go into eternity. You'll wake up in the flames of the damned. You'll be in hell. You say, for how long? You'll be in hell until Revelation 20 becomes a reality at the end of the tribulation period. My friend, when it's all been said and done, at the end of the millennial, when it's all been over with, the great white throne, you'll stand before God. Every saved person will be there because Jesus said, he said, where I am, there you may be also. In the the Bible said the Father hath committed all judgment unto the Son at the judgment seat for the same. It'll be the Lord Jesus Christ that will judge us. For those that are lost, it'll be the Son, the one that could have saved you will be your judge on that judgment day. You'll stand before the only one that could have saved you. You'll see the pierced hands. You'll see the wounds. My friend, the scar of the wounds on his brow where he wore the crown of thorns. I'm talking about your Savior, but he's not your Savior now. You rejected him as your Savior and on this judgment day, he'll be your judge. And the Bible said his eyes will be as a flame of fire. You'll look in the eyes of the one that could have saved you, but now he's going to judge you according to your works. You're going to stand there without excuse. You know people have a lot of excuses down here, don't they? They'll say things like this, well, I don't go to church because of all the hypocrites. But they'll go to Walmart where all the hypocrites are. They go to the bank. Everybody's been a hypocrite at some point in their life. Even those who claim they don't go to church because of hypocrites. Why I don't go to church? Because I I just don't feel like that it really matters. You can worship God at home, but if you're saved, you want to worship God at church. The Lord goes to church, and so every saved person wants to go to church. They'll say things like, well, you know, uh, I'll tell you, I, I would go to church, but, uh, you know, there's just, uh, I, I just I just don't want to, all the preacher, he's just about money. I, I just I just don't want to go to church because all about, you know, the devil will give you a thousand reasons to not go to church. He'll give you a thousand reasons to not get saved. He'll give you a thousand reasons just to put it off one more day. But all he's trying to do is damn your soul to hell. All he's trying to do is to get you to wait for this man. He went to hell because of the riches of this world. He had so many riches. He is so blessed. Uh, He was having such a good time in life. Uh, The pleasures of sin, the pleasure of riches. uh, And there's nothing wrong with being rich. Uh, In Luke chapter 18 a rich man by the name of Zacchaeus got saved. Amen. Chapter 19. Uh, And so rich people can be saved. Uh, I'll tell you the problem here was this man loved his riches so much uh, that he didn't feel like he needed God. Uh, He didn't listen to that beggar. He didn't listen to that witness. Uh, And he died and he went to hell. But do you realize he went to hell and he took nothing with him? Tell me, man. Sinner, what's keeping you from the altar this morning? What's holding you in the pew? Is it pride? Is it riches? Is it pleasure? I had a man that I preached to when I, a young man. We were both 18 years old. 
And I was preaching revival meeting and this young man come every night of the meeting. He raised his hand every night that he was lost. I thought for sure he'd get saved on Friday night of that meeting. He was standing at the back door as he was coming out, him and his girlfriend. He liked two months of graduating from high school. As he walked past, I grabbed his hand and I called his name. I said, don't leave tonight. You've raised your hand every night that you're lost. Please be saved. And he looked at me with good intentions and he said, I'm going to get saved. He said, in fact, we're both going to get saved. But he said, we got two months till we finish high school. And he said, we're shacked up living together. He said, and I know that's not right. He said, but we're not going to quit until we graduate. He said, then we're going to get married. And he said this to me. He said, preacher, he said, after we get married, we're going to get saved. Can I tell you something? That young boy never saw his graduation day. Two weeks later, he was killed in an automobile accident. Him and his best friend in an IROC Z, they crossed, a, crossed there the, the Chatsworth Highway where 225 and Chatsworth Highway crosses. They crossed it, never even slowed down, T-boned a car, threw both of them through the windshield. Both of them went out into eternity without God. I remember standing at the head of that boy's casket. They packed the people's funeral home, every room. And before they built that chapel, it was filled with young people as they held it. We held his funeral. They come by his casket. And in his casket, they put little wooden crosses, the Lord's Prayer, Psalms 23, little bookmarkers, all kinds of things. They, they put them in there. And I stood at the head of that casket and I looked into the lifeless face of an 18-year-old boy that just two weeks ago, every night the Holy Ghost came to his pew and rattled his uh, cage and spoke to him and said, you need to be saved. Uh, he lifted his hand so much as to care for his own soul. Uh, and I remember as I stood there, uh, the only thing I could think about, uh, I was to preach when my, when I graduate, we're going to get saved. I'm going to tell you the devil slipped him a good excuse to not get saved. He didn't know that was his only, his last opportunity. And I thought with all that rememberabilia, all that religious trinkets covering his body, not one of them could ever bring his soul out of hell. I'm telling you, that's 30 years ago. That young man is still in hell this morning. I'm telling you, sinner, I want to do anything and everything we can this morning. You need to be saved. You don't need to put it off. I tell you, you need to come broken. You need to come weeping. You need to come clean with God. Say, God, I'm a sinner and I need to be saved this morning. Would you do that? Would you do that? Would you come to Jesus broken? Would you come clean? Hey, religious lost church member, would you jump the pride of religion and what people think about you. I'm telling you, there's nothing worth going to hell for this morning. I wonder today, Father, oh God, I don't want anybody in this room, and I'm more importantly, you don't want anybody in this room to go to hell. Lord, I can't see the souls of anybody but God, I pray the best way I know how, I ask you to please send convicting power this morning. Oh God, please. 
God, there are people here that need to be saved. I'm not even going to ask for a show of hands. They know. Help them to get out of their seat and come. Help them to be saved this morning as we stand.